A cluster file system is a file system which is simultaneously mounted on multiple servers. So basically what we have here is some shared storage and you want multiple servers to be able to access that storage at the same time. Usually when you format a partition with ext3 or ntfs or any other uh, typical regular file system, um, only one device can access that, um, that shared storage. So for our iSCSI um, LUNs that we have out there, if two of you try to um, connect to the same LUN, um, the file system will get corrupted and you won't be able to access it. But with the cluster file system, then multiple um, devices can access the same file system and write to it, and the cluster file system provides all the locking mechanisms and high performance that you need to be able to do this. Um, when you want to have uh, a shared file system like this, you can also use NFS or Samba, but these type of uh, um, protocols uh, suffer in performance, and you run into locking and security issues, and more importantly, you have a single point of failure. Um, so a uh, cluster file system is a much better um, option for you if you, if you want um, um, multiple uh, machines to access that shared storage. So I'm going to show you how to, um, how to set up and configure a cluster file system using OCFS, which is the Oracle cluster file system. In the past, when OCFS came out, you could, um, you could use it just for Oracle stuff, for storing the Oracle data files and uh, redo logs and um, all the Oracle files needed for the database. But nowadays, there's um, with OCFS2, which is version 2 of the cluster file system, uh, it's currently used to provide uh, scalable web services, file services, as well as hosting virtual uh, machine images. And um, um, I will show you how to configure that. So let's first talk about the, the prerequisites that you need in order to set up a file system. Um, I must say that Red Hat also has a cluster file system, and it's called GFS. And basically, uh, all the concepts that um, I will show you here for OCFS will work, this, will work very similarly with GFS. Um, so let's go through first the, the, the different um, prerequisites that you need to set up a cluster file system. So if we go here to um, our initiator name, that iSCSI file, we see that this machine has an initiator name called CSC 570E student 2. Now, if I go to the um, iSCSI target server, I can see that I've set up a LUN mapping for my initiator, which is right here, CSC 570E student 2 that maps to LUN 101. Typically, when I do this, I will only set up one initiator name per LUN. But since this is a cluster file system, I've actually set up not only this VM, but all of your VMs to map to this LUN. So when you do fdisk-l, you will also see this particular uh, uh, file system. And that's because I've, I've shared the same LUN, I've mapped the same LUN to the initiator names of all your VMs. Um, actually, if you do this with the... Um, on the on this interface here on this management interface it will it will prompt you and say are you sure you want to do this because typically you wouldn't do this unless you have a cluster file system so you have to actually tell it yes okay so that's mapped there and now if I go back to my iSCSI box and if I do um, iSCSI ls minus l to list 
all my SCSI devices, I can see that here it is LUN 101 and it's mapped to device SDB2, SDB, sorry. So this particular LUN 101 is going to be my, um, my cluster file system, OCFS cluster file system. And LUN 102 is just my regular um, extended 3 uh, LUN, which only my machine will mount to. Okay, since the target box has two network interfaces, you will also see the corresponding devices for the other interface, which is SDC for the LUN 101, the OCFS one, and SDE for the LUN 102, which is just the regular extended three partition. Okay, so you just need to uh, work with one of them, either pick, I usually pick the lowest letter, so um, we're going to work with SDB here. So that, that's the first um, prerequisite is make sure that you, your machine can see the storage, the shared storage, okay? The next uh, prerequisite is we need to go out and get all the um, OCFS2 files. So we go to, if we FTP to our FTP server and we log in as anonymous, CD pub. In the pub directory, there should be a file called OCF, a folder called OCFS2. So if we go to OCFS2, you will see all these RPMs, and you need to install all of these. So you could just do uh, wget star and get all of those files and put them in a folder. I put them in an OCFS2 folder, and there they are. And all you have to do is RPM minus IBH star, and this will install all of these. OCFS files. Basically, these are the tools to configure everything, and more. the more important one is here, which is a kernel module that needs to match your kernel. So, if you look and you do your name minus A, the kernel for RVMs is 26955, and this module matches that. So, once you install that, you have all the tools necessary to uh, configure the OCFS um, cluster file system. Now, there's two more prerequisites that you need. All you, all of the machines that are going to be part of the cluster need to know each other and know the IP addresses of all the nodes that are going to participate in this cluster. So if we go um, on that pub directory on the FTP server, I have a host file with all the names of the, um, of the members of the cluster. So I've already put it in this machine, and these, these will be all of the names of the... Um, interfaces that are going to be part of this cluster, okay? And I've added my machine here as well. Okay, so make sure your ETC host file is updated with the file from the server. And finally, on that same pub directory, there's going to be a uh, file called authorized keys 2. All the members of the cluster need to be able to um, SSH to one another without any credentials. So you need to set up an SSH uh, identity and create your public and private key. And that needs to be the, the public key of all the machines in the cluster need to be part of this authorized keys. And I've already done this for you. So if you go to the server and download this file and put it in your um, root.ssh uh, directory, then uh, you will be able to automatically SSH to all the machines in the cluster. Okay? So that's basically all you need. Um, one more thing that I need to mention is that... Um, the cluster needs to talk to each, all the nodes in the cluster need to talk to one another to, in order to check their health. And this is called the interconnect. And for the interconnect, you need a, a dedicated uh, network interface that is used just to check the health of all the nodes in the cluster.
and um, what I've done is I have we're going to use the ETH1 interface which is the 192, 168, 120 interface as the, the interface for checking the health of all the nodes in the cluster so if you look at the ETC host file uh, all these machines IP addresses are on the 120 okay so ETH1 will be the network for the interconnect okay so once you do that um, basically um, the, the main file to configure the OCFS is found in ETC OCFS2 directory and the file is called cluster.conf so let's go look at that file this file when you install all those RPMs you'll probably get a uh, sample file cluster.conf but what you need to do is go back to the FTP server and get the cluster.conf that I have put in there this cluster.conf already has entries for all the nodes that are going to be part of this cluster one of which will be your VM so just go get that file and put it here in the ETC OCFS2 directory let's take a look at that file real quick this one here already has all your nodes so if you can see each node needs to have an entry it uses this port to check the health it needs to have the IP of your VM it needs to have the name of your VM which in your case will be your NetID and then um, it needs to have the cluster name in this case I've I named this cluster OCFS2 and then at the end of this file there is a um, there is a cluster entry and this tells some how many uh, members of the cluster we're going to have the node count which is 19 and also the name of the cluster okay so make sure you put that file in there and then once you have that file in there you could actually run the OCFS2 console oh, one more important thing that I forgot to mention is that this file also has each node has a number and this all the nodes in the cluster need to know what each number means for each node what that number is so make sure that all uh, well I'm gonna provide you this file but you need to notice here that all these nodes each has a different number okay and no two nodes can have the same number otherwise you run into issues okay so if you can see every single node has a different number okay so I'm gonna go back here and I'm gonna run this OCFS2 console this is actually the console um, um, tool that you would use to create that cluster.conf but since we've already created it ourselves by getting it from the FTP server when I run this it will read and, and, and see all the members so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and run that okay so here uh, the tool has detected that I have two partitions SDB and SDC which are um, OCFS2 partitions and it's noticed that the label I put on that partition is Oracle and it's a um, about a 50 gig partition okay so now what you need to do is go here to cluster and configure nodes you actually don't need to do this step because we've already done this step by editing that file the cluster.conf however if you go in here you can just see all the members of the cluster each of their names and the node number and the IP and port numbers okay so you should see all of your VMs there all of your net IDs there okay so I'm gonna go ahead and close that I don't need to do that if I haven't done it by editing the file I could actually go in there and do it uh, from that interface but since we've already done it 
Now the next step that we need to do is propagate the configuration. So if I add another member to the cluster, I need to tell all the other members that I've added somebody else. So what you do is you, you run this propagate configuration. And this is why you need the, SS, the, key, the SSH key set up because the, that configuration is going to be uh, sent through SSH by using SCP and copying that uh, cluster.conf to all the members of the cluster automatically. So I'm going to run this, but it will probably fail because some of the VMs are going to be down. So I'm just going to run it for the first few nodes and then uh, stop it. Okay, and you can do the same. So I'm going to hit propagate configuration. It's going to propagate it. It already seen the first few. And it won't be able to connect to some of the other ones because they're down. So I'm just uh, going to go ahead and stop it here by doing control C. So just keep writing control C. Until it's done. And once it's done, you'll see a message that it's done. Finished. Okay, so it's done. So once you see that finished message, you can actually close that. And um, pretty much we've done everything we need to get our cluster ready. So we can go ahead and close this. Quit that and I'll go back to my putty terminal and now if we go to um, the service for OCFS is called etc init.d o2cb this is the service the OCFS service and it's installed on your etc init directory when you install those RPMs so if we do a stat and do an unload okay and then offline. So I took it offline and I unloaded everything, okay? I want to start clean and fresh. Um, so the first step you need to do is, after you've taken it offline and it's unloaded, is to configure the cluster, okay? So these are basically uh, going to be some settings that you need to tell the um, then you need to set up on the cluster. So, do you want to load the O2CB driver at boot? Yes, of course. Clusters to start at boot, enter non OCFS2. OCFS2 is good. Um, specify heartbeat dead threshold. By default, this is 61. Sorry, by default, I think it's 7. So, you want to set this to 61. These settings need to be the same on all the cluster nodes, so make sure you pay attention to these because you will need to set up the same uh, settings on, on your cluster, otherwise it won't work. The network idle timeout, we're going to set up to 10,000. The network keep alive delay, we're going to set up to 5,000. And the network reconnect delay, we're going to set up to 2,000. Okay. So we've set up these settings. Once again, make sure that when you run this OCF O2CB configure command to make sure that um, you set up these settings here for heartbeat and network timeouts to be the same. Okay? 61, 10,000, 5,000, and 2,000. And the cluster you want to start at boot time is called OCFS2. Okay? So now, and once again, I get not active. Okay, I think actually the not active is okay, and it won't be active until you mount the file system. That's correct. So what I need to do next is mount the file system. 
okay so it's loaded and ready to go I just need to mount that file system so what I'm gonna do is show you my fstab file and in the fstab file once again I have this sdb1 partition okay remember when we did the um, when we did the um, iSCSI ls minus l the LUN 101 map to sdb so on the fstab I'm gonna tell it that sdb is my partition I'm gonna mount that into mount iSCSI it's an OCFS partition and then I need to pass these parameters which are net dev and this tells um, the system that the network needs to be up before I can mount this and then you need to put data volume and no enter and then zero zero okay so this is the entire entry that you need to put on your FS tab to be able to mount this automatically at boot the device name the mount point the type of file system it is OCFS2 these parameters and then zero zero okay so I go back here I quit out of my FS tab um, and then I'm gonna do the F minus H and you can see that I have nothing mounted yet so I'm gonna do mount minus A to mount it okay and I, if I do the F minus H I can see that it's mounted correctly okay so now if I go to my my mount iSCSI I can see um, that I have a file here I have a file system I have my SQL directory I have a Red Hat directory I have a test one directory a test one uh, file now I'm on instructor one I can SSH to instructor which is another VM and also go to mount iSCSI and there are the same files now I can go to another node SSH cluster which is another VM and go to CD mount and go to iSCSI and see that my files are there okay so I have three nodes accessing the same partition and they can all write to the same file so vi test txt test one I'm gonna exit from here and write from a different one test one test two okay so the two nodes just wrote to the same file so now the the next thing that I want you to do is usually why do you set up a cluster file system the reason you set up this is for high availability and also to load balance certain services that need to access uh, the same storage the best case scenario is a database and Oracle the OCFS2 the Oracle cluster file system is best used for databases and to run the Oracle database in order to keep all the Oracle files the control logs the, con the control files, the redo logs, and the um, database um, data files in, a, in the same directory, and then have multiple um, Oracle nodes with CPU, memory, and, um, um, and those type of resources and be able to access the same database, which is actually the, the actual files. Um, so in our case, I, we won't set up an Oracle, uh, an Oracle instance on each of your machines. But instead, what we're going to do that is we're going to um, just simulate that using MySQL. 
So the next step is to go to the MySQL by default. We're going to stop MySQL service. You already ha should have it started on your VM, so we're going to stop it. Okay, and then by default, um, MySQL saves its data files in varlib MySQL. So what I want you to do is go to varlib directory and move the MySQL directory to MySQL 1. Okay, and then do a link ln minus s and uh, link the mount iSCSI MySQL directory, which is actually on the shared storage, and link that to var lib MySQL. Okay, so I want you to run this link command. So basically, we're tricking MySQL and telling it to uh, look at the files in the shared storage directory instead of its local files. Okay, then the next thing you have to do is edit your MySQL config file, which is the etc my.cnf and tell it for the MySQL D, the MySQL server, MySQL save, and MySQL client, in each of these entries, put a file that says socket equals varlib MySQL, and then put MySQL dot, and the name of your machine, which is your NetID, that's sock. And that entry needs to be in each of these four. Okay, so you can see I got four entries basically so that each of you have a different socket file and you don't overwrite your socket files otherwise it won't start okay once you put that in there then you want to start MySQL those are the two settings that you set then you change the location of the uh, MySQL files and then you tell it to use a different socket name and then you start MySQL and then let's try um, MySQL minus u root minus p the password is student and use sales which we already created and select star from customer and there you should see three entries now all of you should be able to do this from your VMs and see the same shared MySQL now don't try don't try to write anything to the SQL to the MySQL database or create any files or anything because um, my, this, this particular uh, installation of MySQL is not really meant to be used this way. I'm just trying to prove the point of um, using the cluster file system um, to be able to share f um, common files of, of one single database. But if you wanted to do this with MySQL, MySQL actually has a different uh, way of doing this and the way it does it is by having uh, these master nodes that replicate the 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 changes to uh, all the other nodes and it doesn't really use a shared storage medium like we're doing here but I'm doing this just to show you how you would do this for Oracle if you wanted to set up a high-end Oracle rack a real application cluster okay so that's it